Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it's noon. It's Thursday. It's draft day. Aaron Maloney is here with all of your top sports stories in one place called Wolfing Down Your Lunch, Aaron. So the NFL draft is here, guys. We will finally get clarity on what the Cardinals will do at number three tonight. Maybe in like five hours and 20 minutes. Maybe that soon. That'll be nice. Well, we have our NFL draft coverage for you. We will be live at State Farm Stadium for the Arizona Cardinals draft party. We will be joined by Wolf at 4 p.m. with Dan Bickley and Burns and Gambo. And then Luke, you'll be joining us a little bit later in the show. And just to get that out there, anyone that is heading over to the draft party, gates open at 4 p.m. There is a clear bag policy and parking and entry are free. So if anybody wants to go to the Cardinals draft party at State Farm Stadium, it's on the Great Lawn. Come out and see us, right? Do it, yeah. It's literally going to be a party tonight. Party hardy, right? Maybe it will be a party if Will Anderson's taken, right, but Wolf? There's a clear bag policy, though, you said, correct? Correct. So your purse can't come. Oh, stop it. It's <laughs> not a purse. What if, what if it was as simple as this? Buddha. Buddha Baker would stay in Arizona if you would call it a purse. Um, okay, yeah. yeah call it whatever okay. you want to call it. <laughs> That's good. All well, right, fair. ESPN's Diana Rossini reported this morning that the Arizona Cardinals are currently mulling trade offers from multiple teams interested in moving to number three overall. And here's ESPN's Adam Schefter from yesterday. The Cardinals would love to trade out of that spot. Mm -hmm. They're open to moving that pick. The issue is who's going to trade up to number three when you've got to guarantee the third overall player selected $22 million. Got to believe in that guy. And I think you're going to have to want to see that there's a quarterback there. So I think teams wouldn't trade up until they see that Houston is not taking a quarterback. We might have to wait until the Cardinals are on the clock Thursday night before we see action. And even then we might not see action and they might be stuck. And I wouldn't dismiss the idea that Arizona could wind up taking a surprise there, potentially even an offensive tackle like Paris Johnson from Ohio State. So, our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, if the Cardinals trade down in the NFL draft, where will they go? Your choices, 4th, 6th, 7th, 11th, or other? Well, you hope for 4th. I'm going to say 11th. <laughs> you just ripped me off right there. Oh, really? I mean, of course. I, <laughs> well, here, I'll give, you, I'll give answer, you a different you know, one. I'll give you a different I, I answer. I would love to see them trade down to number 4. <laughs> and still get Will Anderson. Still get Will Anderson at number four. Or whomever they love at number four. Even if it is a Paris Johnson. I got no problem with it. As long as you're convicted on it. Because you will be held accountable by people that are out there. You know that. They will hold you accountable based on that pick at number three or number four at that point. So... To me, as long as they're convicted, that's the best guy, then I believe they did it out of good convictions. What about 12? What if Houston really did go Will Anderson at two? And then Houston, I've seen this Darryl, uh, Daniel Jeremiah had it in his mock draft, and I've seen it in a few others now today. What if Houston was like, we're going to take Will Anderson, but we do still need a quarterback, so we're going to trade up with the Cardinals, and, and Houston would pick second and third. 
That's interesting. Yeah, no, please. Okay. I, you know, one twelve. No, no. You want four? No. We're not in the business of helping the Texans, right? No, no, they're not. We're in the business of helping the Cardinals. Yes. They have helped us. So, 33% not really anymore. 33% say 11th, 25% say 4th, 24% say 7th, 11% say other, 7% say 6th. So Jonathan Gannett at Voluntary Minicamp yesterday spoke on the NFL draft, and he was asked if any players have given him draft insight. Yeah, I ask them all. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been good. You know, we... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I listen to people, you know, and uh, so I ask them and I hear what they have to say. Who do you think he's listening to? <laughs> people, it sounds like. Yeah, no, I think he's listening to all his players right there. And again, I think I would tell the players you should be talking to Monty. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then Monty's probably like, "Hey, you don't need to be sending the players over to me." <laughs> nothing, nothing against JG whatsoever, but I'd be talking to Monty about that. Yeah. Another question facing the Arizona Cardinals is the future of DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Adam Pacman Jones on Pat McAfee show earlier this week. D Hop has not been traded yet. Nope, he not will yet. be. He will be rumors. My sources says, says so. But real soon. Oh, real soon. What? Real soon. Strong possibility. Strong. Strong like possibility. Week, like, like draft? Yes, like this week. Like tomorrow? Like Thursday. Okay. My source says, says. Says. Then yesterday, he followed that up with. My sources okay. uh, just hit me and said, uh, Bills and KC, uh, my sources said. Source says. Yeah. Well, something might happen tomorrow. Well, something definitely going to happen tomorrow, uh, tonight or tomorrow. So what are the odds? What do you think has the best chances? DeAndre Hopkins is a Buffalo Bill. DeAndre Hopkins is a Kansas City Chief. Or DeAndre Hopkins is with another team by the end of tonight. It's not even close. Are you going to say the Bills? The Bills make the most sense. I, I, it's not even close. I think the Chiefs are the ones more likely to actually make the trade. Not even close to Buffalo Bills. Not even close. Really? Well, do you think the Kansas City Chiefs, they've already won a Super Bowl? Yeah, right? they just because won they the make Super the Bowl. trades. So, well, I'm just saying now, right now, who's more desperate based on needs? Who do you think is more desperate? Oh, it should be Buffalo. Oh, no, it, it, it it's the be Buffalo. Buffalo Bills. Yeah. It is the Buffalo Bills, and because of that, follow the desperation, my brothers. Well, what follow about the, the logic in this. What about the Jets jumping in here now that they got Aaron yeah, Rodgers? That, that could happen, but I'm talking about the creme de la creme to okay. me right now. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to prove he can actually handle New York as far as I'm concerned. Right now, the, the creme de la creme still in the AFC, Kansas City and Buffalo. They could use D-Hop in a big way. And whoever gets them is probably going to be the Super Bowl favorite. Well, and with Aaron Rodgers going to the Bills division, I mean, maybe maybe they need some help. Yeah. Stephon Diggs. Listen, I'm not saying it, it's mm. not the Jets. I'm not saying that. No. I'm just saying right now. It could be who, the Bills so they can. If I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'm more desperate than anybody to get D-Hop. The Bills make the most sense. You add DeAndre Hopkins and you are the Super Bowl favorites. And that offense is like almost unstoppable on paper. You got Diggs, Gabe Davis, 
in D Hop. But they don't That's seem to want to part with a third round pick for that. They yeah, exactly. Have, I'm going to be monitoring who Buffalo takes with the third round pick that they could have traded for DeAndre Hopkins. Brandon Bean, seriously, if you don't do that, just get out. I don't think he's getting out. There's still going to be Super Bowl favorites. Sell your house in Orchard Park. Whether they get DeAndre Hopkins or not. Take your peanut stick and shove it up, right? <laughs> right? Is that what Brandon Bean should do? That's, if he you, that's what trade? you said, yeah. Mal. All right. So ultimately, let's end it here. Who do you guys think the Cardinals will take tonight? I don't care about the spot, but who do you think will be a member of the Arizona Cardinals when tonight is done? I think they're going to trade down and they're going to draft Paris Johnson. <laughs> I think they're going to trade down, and they're going to draft Will Anderson. Ooh, you're still you'll be. I'm I give just, you credit I'm for sticking just, with it. I'm going to stick to the logic of it all and forget about the draft subterfuge that is out there. The obfuscation of it all. Who told us that? Uh, I, I, I'm blanking on this now. It happened earlier in the show, but that the Cardinals had called one GM like five times. It was Paul, and it was what he was quoting from Tom Pelissera. Okay, that's what it was. That's why I couldn't remember because it was like he said that he said that he said. But well, that's got to be the Colts GM that they've called five times, that's right? That's because Paulie has no sources, <laughs> zero. <laughs> All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch with uh, one final shot at Paul Calvisi, who was nice enough to join us earlier today. Thank you, Aaron. Break a story, Paulie. When we come back, the Cardinals are mulling trade offers for the third overall pick. Which teams could ultimately pull the trigger and help them out? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We've been talking about potential trade partners for the Cardinals for what feels like two months now, Wolf. But but now, in this weird way, we got to hurry up and get them all in here and kind of reset who might actually be able to do this because the draft is starting in five hours. It's kind of our, our last chance to really look at this and, uh, and, and identify which teams, other than the obvious, right? I mean, the Colts and the Titans seem to be the two most likely teams to trade up if the Cardinals are able to do it. And in case you've you know missed any anything the last few days, it sure sounds like the Cardinals are going to trade that pick. But it also sounds like that might not be the easiest thing in the world to do. Here's Adam Schefter yesterday. The Cardinals would love to trade out of that spot. Mm-hmm. They're open to moving that pick. The issue is... Who's going to trade up to number three when you've got to guarantee the third overall player selected $22 million? Got to believe in that guy. And I think you're going to have to want to see that there's a quarterback there. So I think teams wouldn't trade up until they see that Houston is not taking a quarterback. We might have to wait until the Cardinals are on the clock Thursday night before we see action. And even then we might not see action and they might be stuck. And I wouldn't dismiss the idea that Arizona could wind up taking a surprise there, potentially even an offensive tackle like Paris Johnson from Ohio State. I will say this right now. I do believe the fulcrum of the first round, I've been talking about this for the last week, I would say, the fulcrum of the first round really is number two of the Houston Texans right now because they put that for sale side out a week ago, maybe even a couple of weeks ago. The stories came down where the Houston Texans might actually be looking around and might not just take one of those quarterbacks that are there. I'll believe that when I see it, Basin audience. I will believe it when I see it, that the Houston Texans are going to sit there and say, no, we're not going to draft a quarterback. We're going to draft Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson. 
I, I'll believe it when I see that be the case right there. I think the Houston Texans are going to draft a quarterback, which really makes the fulcrum, once again, the Arizona Cardinals. But it's going to be in the middle of the draft. It's funny how much it's moved because originally, originally, this feels like years ago, it was the Bears, right? The Bears had the first pick in this draft because Houston won two of their last three games, and the Bears didn't even need the first pick. And Houston, obviously... As obvious as anything can be right now, seems to have liked Bryce Young and probably not going to get him now. So then it was, okay, well, then the Cardinals. Obviously, the the Carolina and Houston are going to take quarterbacks, right? Obviously. So then it was, okay, everything starts with the Cardinals. But you're right. Ever since Houston, the last couple weeks, has been like, yeah, maybe we'll just take Will Anderson. We like him. Or maybe we'll take Tyree Wilson. It was smart by them. It was. It has has switched things all around and... It's 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 gotten to the point now where you you really do need almost like a flow chart to figure out what is the best possible scenario for the Cardinals because let's just assume Bryce Young is gone at one because everybody seems to be assuming that if the Texans go out there and they take let's say C.J. Stroud well then Will Anderson's there if you want him but um, it doesn't necessarily there's I should say it's not guaranteed that that's who the Cardinals want. So then you're actually kind of better off if Houston does take Will Anderson because then every other team, anybody that likes C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or Anthony Richardson is going to be calling the Cardinals. Yes. To get in front of the Colts, who could actually kind of help the Cardinals at that point just by being there. Because if a team is like, wow, Stroud's really still there at three, let's call the Cardinals and move ahead of the Colts. Yes. That's probably the best case scenario if they don't love Will Anderson. Yeah. um, For me, the best case scenario for the Cardinals, it has not changed. Draft subterfuge has been out there. What you have to do is follow the logic. Follow the desperation and follow the logic once again. And to me, the Texans need a quarterback. Have you looked at the roster? (laughs) They need a quarterback. I'll believe they're not going to take a quarterback when they actually don't. So... They'll take a quarterback, whether it's C.J. Stroud, maybe it's Anthony Richard, maybe Will Levis. I don't know. They'll take one at number two. The Arizona Cardinals then will take Will Anderson unless they trade back to number four because the Colts are going to be desperate. That's, again, what I believe. We'll see if it happens. Let me throw a couple uh, wrinkles at you. Here's Dan Graziano from today talking about that exact scenario. Uh, anything's possible, Key, but as of now, on Indy is that they're comfortable. the guy, you should take him. What will they do if they're, will they sit at four? Will they try to slide up one or two spots if they get the nervous feet? What I've heard on Indy is that they're comfortable sitting at four and and taking the quarterback that gets to them, which indicates to me they're comfortable with more than one of these guys. So uh, anything's possible, Key, but as of now, I don't see the Colts making a move up. Okay. You know, it doesn't see the Colts doing it. Okay. Um, why would they tell him they're not going to do it? Well, that and... Why, why Why? would they... Again, they, I'm not saying he hasn't had conversations with him right now. No, but, but the other part of that... Why? why? Are you really going to sit there at four? And look, I'm not saying the Colts are definitely going to trade up, but can you really have the mindset of, yeah, we like uh, all three quarterbacks. Whoever yeah. falls to yeah. us is who will build our franchise around for the exactly. next five years. Exactly. Yeah, just uh, luck of the draw. Well, you know... <laughs> I, I know. I, I don't see that being the case either, or either if you're from the East Coast. Okay, but for me, um, 
Let's just see. I, I, I have a hard time believing. These guys are great insiders. I understand that. Why in the world would you intimate anything that you're going to do unless it was disinformation that you were handing them? What's yeah. your most likely not to do that you're kind of give, painting this picture, this impression to Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport, just going ahead and just trying to paint this picture? Why would you ever let somebody know what your intentions truly were? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. And especially right now, you wouldn't. And a team that is infamous for not letting people know um, what their intentions are is is Houston around the league. <laughs> and and Houston is the team. So Do we've you been know talking. why that is? Because of Nick Casario. I think you say because they haven't known what they were doing. No, no. the general manager, Nick yeah. Casario. Where, where, where did he come from? Oh, the, the Patriots. <laughs> you mm. want to talk about a paranoid lot, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> And I don't use that well, in a hey, bad... Well, hey, then that'll be the Cardinals now, too, That's right? what I'm yeah. saying. Okay. I don't use that in a bad way because you need to be paranoid. What is it that you're saying to all these people? What is it? JG has already intimated a couple of those things right there. That Drew Petzing, his offensive coordinator, was like, what are you talking about, under center? We're not, <laughs> we're not under doing center? any What's of that, that? What's right? Exactly. What's football? What's football? <laughs> so you don't ever want to tell your opponent what your plans are, ever. Well, the reason I brought up Houston is because, as we've been talking about the Colts and Titans and the Raiders, and okay, maybe Tampa would be a team that would want to move up for a quarterback, or maybe if things get crazy with Lamar, maybe Baltimore. Houston is an interesting team. And I'm looking at Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft from today. He has Bryce Young going first to the Panthers. He has Houston sticking there, too, obviously, and taking C.J. Stroud. He does. But (laughs) he also has Houston making a trade with the Cardinals. So Houston, Because Houston has the 12th pick in the draft, too. So he has Houston moving up to three and taking Will Anderson. The Cardinals dropping to 12. So Houston, in this scenario, would come out of the the top three of this draft with C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. And then at 12... He has the Cardinals still getting their guy, Paris Johnson, at number 12. You know what? Honestly, I'd, I'd be okay with that right there. What are the Cardinals getting compensation-wise in terms of picks? Does he include that in there? I do what not they would see get? that. No, um, I not see that. Can you imagine that right there? Well, it Boy, says this. Both Houston, teams get Texans. what they want. Yeah, well. <laughs> so whatever right. whatever that is, I want so the Texans, three first. They get their quarterback and Will Anderson. Yeah. So Cardinals basically get the guy they their want. franchise quarterback, they hope that they could build around, and a franchise defensive player, they hope, that they could build around. Interesting. Get it at number two, number three, the Texans. They're coming back, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Rah, rah, rah. Give me the band. Give me the baton. Let me lead the parade. Uh, One more. Mel Kuyper's mock. He has the Cardinals trading down with the Titans, which is the one that kind of makes the most sense to me. He has them taking, at number 11, a name we haven't really talked about a lot, Lucas Van Ness. Lucas Van Ness, Edge, Iowa. After earning the nickname Hercules from his teammates, it's not hard to imagine the type of physique Van Ness brings to the gridiron. However, his time at Iowa was interesting. He did not start a single game in 2022, but still took home second team all Big Ten accolades after leading the Hawkeyes with 11 tackles for a loss, paired with six and a half sacks and 38 total tackles. Hercules relies on force and power to get what needs to be done unaccomplished, but he still needs to work on his block recognition skills. Some have labeled him as more of a splash player than a consistent force, but Van Ness has traits that can allow him to thrive in the pros. NFL comparison to time Pro Bowl defensive end Trey Hendrickson. 
Okay. Sold. I'll take that if, <laughs> if that's what you're telling me is going to, to develop into. But, you know, once again, I'm skeptical of all of this. Um, yeah, it's great. You can project him. You can go ahead and do that and, and hope that he develops that way. But so much of the time, it's... It's so dependent on where they go, what's, what the chemistry is like, what the culture is, is like, and how much success they experience in that first year. Rarely do you see a guy. Somebody's got a flash. For me, it, when I draft a rookie, you got to be able to flash at some point in time. doesn't mean you're, you're going to be a starter. It just means you have to flash and show us what it is. That you've got, what kind of talent you've got. For me to actually think the guy is going to have a chance to develop, he's got a flash. If he doesn't in that first year, you're in trouble. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. So you're you're kind of over. Like the mock drafts at this point, you're done with it because who knows how much of it's actually true and how much isn't, right? It That's is. What you said. I, I'm done with all the skeptics that are out there and the speculation that is out there as well in regard to a, B, yay, nay, who cares? We're going to get it done tonight. That's what I'm fired up about. Yes! All right, coming up, we're going to do our own mock draft. Oh, jeepers. <laughs> That's next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Did I say that? The Arizona Sports Ultimate Mock Draft. Ultimate Mock Draft. Wolf and Luke are on the clock. All right, we figured this would be fun since Wolf said he's done with mock drafts to make him participate in the mock yeah, draft. Yeah, this is great. So we're going to go as far as we can. The goal is to do the top ten picks, but I know how we are. And I can see us talking and getting through like four. Okay, okay right. So we're just going to go back and forth. We're going to pick four of the teams and no trades allowed, right? We're not going to get no, this super convoluted. please don't do that right now. This is a mock draft that has some legitimacy to it, ladies and gentlemen. Because as soon as you involve trades, knock it off. So you just jumped the shark. Yeah, it's it's like I said before. It's like adding numbers to your Powerball ticket, right? Like, ah, you know, this is too easy. Let me add like three more in here to increase the ridiculousness of my odds. All right, so I'm going to go first. I'm going to pick as Carolina, and just to move this right along, even though Carolina won't tonight, I'm sure they'll take a full ten minutes before they pick Bryce Young, who we all know who they're going to take. But I'm going to take Bryce Young with pick number one. So Wolf. You are on the clock as the Houston Texans. Okay, right now, are you sure you want to go with Bryce Young? Are, are you are you sure, Frank? That's what you want to do right yes. now. It's yes. so interesting because physically everyone thinks you can break him like a twig. You're not getting him, Houston. Okay. Um, so figure are, it out. Are you sure about that? Yes. Okay, great. We, we made up our mind three weeks ago. Okay, uh, Nick Casario, of course, is the general manager for the Houston Texans. And I think he's going to look at his quarterback room. And I think he's going to draft with the number two pick overall, C.J. Stroud. I think there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of debate over whether or not the Houston Texans, would they really do that? They really draw. Oh, C.J. Stroud, this guy, are you kidding me? Falling down draft boards. No, I don't believe that is the case. I believe the Houston Texans will take C.J. Stroud. At number two. This music's amazing. I feel like I'm running away from a lot of cartoons right now. Uh, number three, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I can't trade the pick. No. I can't trade down to four. There are no trades. This this exercise is highlighting to me, Wolf, how much the Cardinals really are kind of the wild card here. Because I think they want Paris Johnson. 
And I do think they're going to come out of the first round of the draft tonight with an offensive lineman, whether okay. it's Paris Johnson or Peter Skaronsky or whoever. But if I'm there, if I'm the GM and I'm forced to pick third, I'm taking Will Anderson. They're so going to. Will Anderson to the Cardinals. Okay, Will Anderson to the Cardinals right there. Oh, the music got mm, quiet. Yeah, it did. kind of opens. And you know what I think it's, well, it's quiet because the Indianapolis Colts are coming up. They realize they um, should have traded up. Yeah, they should have traded up, yeah. but there are no trades, yeah, are no as trades. we all know. So I, I believe Indianapolis is desperate for a quarterback. Ron Wolfley reported desperate for a quarterback. So now they're looking at the board and they're saying to themselves, Anthony Richardson or Will Levis? Will Levis or Anthony Richardson? Their need is going to say, Will Levis. What their want and their desire is going to be Anthony Richardson. Really? They're going to go with Anthony Richardson. At number four, it's just going to be too big a lure. 244 pounds, running a 4-4-3. Yeah, that's going to be too much to resist, especially for Jim Irsay. Well, and he probably heard your, if you just, if you emailed Jim Irsay the, the fact that Anthony Richardson was in uh, Wolf's 2023 Freak Show, that'd probably be enough. He'd probably be trading up to one to get him right there. I doubt it. Uh, all right, so Richardson goes off the board to the Colts at number four. All right, I'm picking for Seattle, who has this pick courtesy of Denver. <laughs> Thanks, Denver. Uh, I think this is probably what Seattle wants, and I actually think this, of all the picks we've done, other than the Bryce Young one, is is most likely. I'll go Jalen Carter to the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Oh, a guy that's potentially, that, haven't you? Yeah. Well, I, I, but I would rather they got him than Will Anderson, even though. Like you look at Mel Kuyper's his final rankings from a couple days ago, and a lot of people feel this way. They still feel Jalen Carter is the best player all uh, all around in this draft, and because of Denver, Seattle's going to get somebody of that caliber, most likely at number five. Okay, let's see the Detroit Lions. Oh, Chris Spielman, Dan Campbell, how you doing? The Detroit Lions on the clock right now. They got a real need for cornerback right now. They traded away Jeff Okuda. Didn't know if he knew that, Luke. They actually traded him away right there. You know, what I remember Jeff Okuda for is getting just completely juked by Kyler Murray in that run. <laughs> and, and I know Jeff Okuda was like a top three pick. He had a great college career. He could still have a good NFL career. But all I remember is him just getting left on the ground by Kyler Murray. Okay. What I'm going to do is go with Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon. He's a duck. Quack if you must. But I'm going to go... They could have gone Devon Witherspoon as well, but I'm going to go Christian Gonzalez at corner from Oregon at number six. And that was going to be my pick for the Raiders here. Really? Yeah. All right, let's talk this out for a second, okay? Yeah. All right, since there's nothing on the line here anyway, I just want to talk this out. Is it really that ridiculous that the Raiders would take a quarterback? Did I miss something? They just have Jimmy G, right? Yeah, Jimmy G. All right, I'm debating between Devon Witherspoon or Will Levis. Just say it. Yeah, give me Will Levis. Oh, there it is, Will. You can go to Vegas. You can put mayonnaise in your coffee. You can eat bananas with the peels still. I don't know what to make of Will Levis. <laughs> kind of an odd guy, but I. it always feels like quarterbacks move up in the draft regardless of what they actually do in the weeks leading up to the draft. So, yeah, I'll go, uh, I'll go Will Levis to the Raiders. 
this to me right now, um, this has got to be the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, they wanted, they wanted a quarterback, and yet they can't reach, even though Will Levis may be a reach. <laughs> Anthony Richardson, um, that could be a reach, as we all know. Of course, all of these quarterbacks could be a reach. I'm going to say the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to go corner as well, Devon Witherspoon, out of Illinois. Probably a good pick there for the uh, the Falcons. All right, so this gives I have the Bears here at number nine. This worked out pretty well for the Bears if it plays out like this, right? So you had the first pick. You don't need a quarterback. You've got Justin Fields. Now, whether you believe that's a guy that's going to lead you to playoff success or not, whatever. The Bears, they have their guy at quarterback. That's how they feel. So they get to trade down to nine. They get DJ Moore. They get all these other picks. And they can still take Tyree Wilson at number nine. Like, I don't like Tyree Wilson at three for the Cardinals. But when you're on your way out of the top ten and you're talking about a guy that might be, in some people's minds, at least has the highest upside of any defensive player, I'll take Tyree Wilson for the Bears. Oh, Tyree Wilson right there. You are back. <laughs> it's kind of... <laughs> How did I end up picking for the Bears? I was looking at that and salivating a little bit right there. Thinking, can, are you sure I can't trade the pick for uh, for Mitchell Trubisky? Is that not an option for the Bears? No, you can't oh, do okay. that. So now I'm on the clock with the Philadelphia Eagles. A team that, since you're still looking, I'm just going to reiterate this. In the top ten, Seattle has the fifth pick. They shouldn't. Detroit has the sixth pick. They shouldn't. Thank you, L.A. Rams. And uh, in Philadelphia, who just went to the Super Bowl, is picking 10th, courtesy of the New Orleans Saints. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That's some good teams picking in the top 10. I, I love the update right there. Okay, I'm going to go pick number 10 overall. I know nobody wants to do this. I'm going with Bijan Robinson, <laughs> the running back. They lost Miles Sanders. Would you say that running back is an integral piece to what the Philadelphia Eagles do offensively? Go watch the tape, Basin Arnions. It's huge. Bijan Robinson in that offense with Jalen Hurts and those receivers? Oh, abandon all hope behind that offensive line? Bijan Robinson, number 10. Let me just say, of all the picks that we just made in the top 10, is that not the most devastating pick if the team that was just in the Super Bowl gets Bijan Robinson, who's the most electrifying player in this draft? Yes. <laughs> That's absurd. That's why I had to do it. You had I to. Had to go and, there. And they have to, too, right? If he's there at 10. I know there's a hesitation to take running backs in the first round, blah, 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 blah. If if the team that was in the Super Bowl last year can add Bijan Robinson. Yes. So that's that's scary. All right, look at that. I know you hate mock drafts, and we just did. That was kind of cool, right there. Right there. Yeah, should, uh, yeah, that yeah. wasn't bad. All right, we'll do this for baseball and baseball season. Too. Maybe not. No, we won't. We absolutely will not. Uh, all right. So when we come back, back to basketball. Can DeAndre Ayton stifle Nikola Jokic again? The Sun season might depend on it, and that's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. And we have a preview Kellen Olson does up on ArizonaSports.com. He has part two of his Suns Nuggets preview up today. 
And this is maybe something we can get more into tomorrow. But the Devin Booker-Jamal Murray matchup. We talk so much about Booker and what he does offensively. Wolf is averaging nearly three steals a game in these playoffs. Now, you know, numbers through five games. Um, but we've all seen his defense get yes. better and better and better. Yes. And that's real interesting if... Um, if he has to be, if his defense is really on display in this series against the Nuggets, too, with uh, with Jamal Murray. But Kellen's first part of his uh, preview series yesterday looked at that matchup between Nikola Jokic and DeAndre Ayton. And you know I'm optimistic about this series, but if you're, if you're looking for reasons for, not worry, but just, you know, skepticism, things you got to look at, DeAndre Ayton's... I would say a lot more important in this series than he was against the Clippers. Yes. Because he's going up against the Joker. Yes. Now, he's played the Joker well in the past, though. Yeah, he has. And even the Joker has said that DeAndre Ayton has played him better than most. He's even complimented him. Both men have actually been a little effusive in their praise of the other. Uh, As soon as I hear that, though, for the most part, when I hear somebody really being effusive in their praise... I wonder how legitimate and how sincere you honestly mean it to be at that point in time. This is just me as a former player. I realize based on Orleans, I played in a different sport and in a different era as well. But to me, that's the easiest trash talk publicly that you'll ever find for a guy to sit there and say, oh, he's just this, this, that, and the other thing. I, that, to me, is a form of trash talking. So if Bill Bates came out after a game and was like, well, that Ron Wolfley <laughs> might be the best fullback that's, exact, that's exactly what right now. <laughs> a lot of people don't know about Ron Wolfley. Is this guy is the best fullback in the National Football League. I, uh, okay. Just like making you sure know, we can I, isolate that sound so Eric can cut see, that See, now I want to punch him in the face even now, and he didn't even say that. <laughs> but... <laughs> Luke, you get my point. So when I hear, you know, professional athletes praising other professional athletes, I do wonder just a little bit how sincere it really is. But Jokic has gone on the record saying, yeah, D.A. plays me better than anybody. Well, and we all saw the playoff series in the second round two years ago. I would argue probably D.A.'s best playoff series of his career. And what are we now? This We're going into the eighth playoff series of DeAndre Ayton's career here coming up against the Nuggets. Like, uh, I think that's the number one matchup. To me, that's, that's going to be it. It is. And that can be scary if you're a Suns fan. Uh, this is Shanae Ogwamike talking about what this matchup with, between Denver and Phoenix is going to come down to? Obviously, it starts and end, ends with Jokic, because this is the guy that you have to stop. I mean, on an off-shooting night, what does he still do? 28, 17, and 12, quietly. I mean, he's one of the most fun basketball players to watch, because he does it without flash. He does it with fundamentals. His basketball IQ is out of this world, which means the Phoenix Suns, they have to be on point. The X factor in this series is a guy by the name of DeAndre Ayton. Over the last three years, only one player has defended Jokic more than DeAndre Ayton. DA, he gets up for this matchup. He has experience. He knows what it's like to go up against Jokic. He will have to slow down, put a what is it, put a cog in the engine or something like that, whatever the case is, and try to figure out how to match that basketball IQ with whether it's physicality, with its double teams. So watching that post matchup will dictate who continues to move forward in the West. Yeah, going back to that Western Conference Finals, uh, semifinals that you were mentioning, Luke, Jokic was 27 of 64 
Can you imagine that? 27 of 64 when guarded by DeAndre Ayton. That that is a 42.2% from the field. For that's big, how well he played. What does he shoot for his like career? I mean, for this season he's shooting 63%, Jokic. Right, but in three regular season matchups this season. This season He's 63.6% against DA. So there it is, the juxtaposition right there. How good can DeAndre Ayton be against Nikola Jokic? We're going to find out. But to me, he's going to be the fulcrum to this series. What's most intriguing to me about this series is everything we already know about Devin Booker. And and I said this yesterday, like there's, there's a certain element of this is what it looks like when it all comes together, because Devin Booker, who I think is always going to play hungry is even hungrier because he doesn't have a ring yet. Right. So there's that element, but to be fair, look over at Denver, Nikola Jokic won MVP last year. He won MVP the year before (laughs) he's in the running, probably not going to win this year, but it's not because he's had a bad season. He's, he's probably going to be one of the, you know, the top three or four for MVP this year. And he's never even made it to the NBA Finals. He's only made it past the second round once ever. So you know, which is why you don't buy Denver. You don't buy Denver, do you? Well, it's not that I don't buy them at all. And and I'm going to give the counterpoint here. I just I need to see them do it in the playoffs. I need to actually see them win big playoff games before before I'm going to take them over a team that has Kevin Durant. Quite honestly, but what I will say is, you know, Jokic is hungry. When the Suns played them two years ago, I think it's such a cop-out for Nuggets fans to say, well, Jamal Murray wasn't playing, so that changed everything. Yeah, it would have been a longer series, but the Suns were still winning that series. However, it does help, obviously, to have Jamal Murray back now, and it helps Jokic, too. So as much as I like the Suns in this series, I don't love the idea that the most pivotal matchup involves DeAndre Ayton. Um, it's not to say he can't win it or yeah, you know do know. do well enough, but you built this team where it all comes down to Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, and then if there's a third option, it's Chris Paul, and anything DeAndre Ayton gives you is is a bonus kind of right. And in this matchup, he's got to be really good. He's got to be. He's got to be so good. And you said we built this team, and as soon as oh, you no. say we built this, I know you knew it immediately. Okay, so forget about Can it. Don't get me that? sidetracked with we built this city. No, no, no. Forget about that. Okay, <laughs> but your point <laughs> On rock right and now roll? is that what you said? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Da, of course, is in the middle of this. This is going to be fascinating, and who knows. Maybe this is exactly what DeAndre Aiden needs. Stop it, Mel. I honestly, Luke is the one who said it. I didn't. I did not. We built this. You can't say we built this anything, ladies and gentlemen. They built this team. You know you can't say we built this anything. We built this city. We built this station. We built this relationship. Here's an audio headache for you. <laughs> you can't ever say we built this. <laughs> no. Ever without thinking about oh, this I song. Just go Am to I break. right about Can that, we just go to break. We can't even go to break. I, I, no. I hate this. <laughs> this is where they lose their mind right Give here. Me all the pens in the studio to jab into my ear. Look. DeAndre Ayton is going to factor into this. He's going to be at the heart of the city. Yes. For the Phoenix. Don't say city. <laughs> okay. Look. No. Punch it. <laughs>
<laughs> There's people driving around right now going, stop it. Yes, I'm sitting here saying okay. stop it. Here, I'm going to play DeAndre Ayton audio after the uh, the game the other day I talking love it, about man. playing against Jokic. Oh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, you know, they're the best. And, you know, um, Suns basketball, we try to we want to compete and beat the best. And um, that's what we're looking forward to. And I know it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be a great series where, you know, Mono uh, play against Imano. So let me, let me say this. This is where I'm not sure if you got that saying <laughs> right there at the end. I'm just going to go past that. You, you got to pull that, man. You got to rip that and pull that right Mono there. plays against yeah, Mono, the Mono. Mono. Yeah. But either way, that is a whole separate segment right there. Yeah. Um, it's not that I don't buy Denver, but as I told you yesterday, the regular season means basically nothing to me after what we saw the Suns it go does. through last year. And that was before Milwaukee got taken out in the first round. So what Denver did in the regular season means it just it means nothing. It's not that I don't think they're a good team. It, it, I think they can take the Suns out. I don't think they no. will. But I don't think they're any better than the Suns just because they won a few more regular season games and the Suns didn't have their team for most of the year. I, I don't think Denver's better. Yeah, I wonder if the Memphis Grizzlies feel like the regular season matters. I wonder if they feel like that. They don't seem right to now. feel like the postseason matters, <laughs> right? You know. Um, yeah, I wonder if the Lakers think the regular season matters. Boy, what about I, I the Warriors? You, man, Do you think the Warriors care the about Warriors the regular season? Think about the Warriors right now. Honestly, think about what we've seen from the Phoenix Suns this year. You gonna tell me? I, I know this isn't what we wanted to talk about, but Adam Silver, you got an issue. You got a problem. You you've got a situation where you got teams going. You know, the regular season, we're just going to play these games. We're just going to play these, and we'll be fine. We're, we're good enough to get into the playoff. Boy, we're good enough to get into the play-in, as a matter of fact. Isn't that right, LeBron James? How many, or, or Jimmy Butler, get in the play-in, and all of a sudden you can just go through and take out the number one seed. Um, how many top two seeds are going to be in the conference finals this year? Like, one? I don't Maybe. know, One but it's it's an issue. There's no doubt about it. But for the Suns, again, some of the matchups here, I, I think Devin Booker, Jamal Murray, two of the best two guards in the world mm-hmm. squaring off. This is going to be incredible to watch. Who makes a bigger impact for their team? That, to me, is number two. You got D.A. and Jokic, and number two, Jamal Murray, Devin Booker. All right, we come back, back to football. What are we going to learn about Monty Austinfort tonight? Day one of the NFL draft, his first draft as Cardinals general manager. We really haven't learned much yet through free agency. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.